This podcast is rated E for explicit. Share this with someone who was planning to go. Yeah, I was like 13, sitting on the bed with that little nail file, and I was just like planning to go. But found a reason to stay. Wow. I'll never forget I was planning to go. And um, I always get so teary-eyed when I think about it. Oh, Jesus. A reason to fight. The only reason I didn't go through was because I knew that my little sister was going to be the one that found me. Just for one more day. You met me in the midst of many things. Shedding skin, sprouting wings, looking at life as a spiritual being through a human lens, having conversations with God about so many things. This show is your invitation. The Poet God is the conversation. According to DoSomething.org, 20 million Americans suffer from depression every year. One in four adults will suffer from it before age 24. But on a global scale, 350 million people suffer from depression. Only he who travels the road can tell you about the curves in it. Facts say little about scars hidden by sleeves and scarves, or about tears you can't see, because some tears flow inward, where we fight a different kind of storm, where all the flooding is deep inside, It's why, to others, we seem fine. Because to our suffering, they are blind. Okay. So I want to tell you the story of how I got here with you, how the events of the last year brought me to this avenue. So about a year ago, I had just completed another successful semester and 
I was really looking forward to beginning another in the spring. I was so happy and proud of the 3.8 GPA that I had and focused on maybe achieving another 4.0 semester like I did last spring. But there was a storm coming and it was one that I just could not ignore. I tell that story with Jasmine, who is also a former classmate, after a recording of a previous episode. I was at the end of the, uh, well, nearing towards the end of the semester, and it was it was a different kind of storm. It wasn't like it wasn't like before. It wasn't like before. It was very subtle. It was it was like somebody had kind of administered you some sort of slow, uh, paralyzing um, type of you know sedative or something like that. You know, and it was really slow. It was really slow. I didn't know it. I didn't really know that it was happening until January. And without that was when school had started again in the spring and I had enrolled and everything. I was ready, I thought, I was ready to go. And then as the semester kind of started to pick up and things became more, you know, um, more, more challenging, you know, the classes started to pick up. You got assignments coming in, you got to do it. You got to rise to the occasion and I couldn't. This is when things begun to slip away. I was trying to figure out what was wrong, especially because I had been so strong. But this was a different kind of storm. Everything that I had to lift, so to speak, was too heavy. It started to feel like it was too heavy, you know? And um, I was like, when I, it wasn't until February. February came around and I was like, um, well, sooner or later, I'm going to have to make a, a decision. Uh, I don't want to drop any more classes. I did, did that before. Um, and I don't want to... You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I need to start. I need to, I need to shake myself out of this. You know, <laughs> that's that's the mindset I was in. Right. And it just didn't happen. And then March came around, and it was like really desperate situation because I'm really in danger now. You know, with my grades and everything, and and I, I mean, I was doing work. But it wasn't at the level of what I was accustomed. I that was a three. My GPA was three point eight. You know, so I wasn't uh, performing, and at, at the level that I, I was accustomed of performing, and 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 I was just, you know, really struggling. I was like, okay, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll I'll shake out of it, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. And then. Um, I got to the point where, okay, um, maybe I'll just let one of the classes go. And, and then when I say let it go, because by this time it was too late to drop it. Oh, 
it was too late to to um to uh well it was too late to drop it without um consequence right and then they become the point where okay you can't drop it now because you're too far in mm-hmm. so are, are you going to just let this class be what it is going to be so that you could maybe salvage the rest and so that's what i was mm-hmm. going to do i was like, okay i have three uh i'm gonna let one go and i'm gonna try to focus on these two and maybe i'll get a c in these two or b right. maybe and then that that wasn't happening and that's that at that point um you know denzel was uh i had offered to help and he was coming over and he was helping me with uh one of the classes because he had already taken it so he had notes from it and you know we did some stuff for like maybe um three weeks or so Mm -hmm. and then in that space of time it was it, it was just downhill it, it it became from um like a slow slide off a cliff mm-hmm. and then it just was a free fall oh my god and then it was like after him because i knew it was i knew it was going to happen by that point and so i just i just told him um no don't worry about it i'll figure it out you know and i just because it wasn't at that point it was no sense in him coming over here to help me with any homework because i knew that even with that help it was gonna it, there was it was not, I, there was nothing else Ooh. and so I went from you know uh, trying to hold everything together to just trying to hold me together right. and um, and and I and everything just kind of did what it did and I have I haven't even logged back onto the school website to go and see what those grades were that's how much I had to remove that oh out of my, my um yeah that's how much i had to remove that from out of my mental because i couldn't care mm-hmm. about that right that was such a heartbreak for me right that i had gotten to this point and i had gotten my grade my gpa to that point and then to have it that was devastating and so I had to I went through the heartbreak of that and then it was well you're at the point now where you just have to not fall apart right and that's all that I could do because that's where I was at at that point and um that's real low yeah and it turns out I needed to be that low In a Facebook post back in April, I wrote, Now that I'm here with my face on the ground, I realize the sounds of the pavement are oh so profound. I'm where I need to be for where I now must go. Vulnerable, yet more powerful than I know. Then these words came into my orbit for the first time. They were like the first rays of light after the storm from the sunshine. When I heard them, I knew that something was born and it was all mine. You met me in the midst of many things, shedding skin, sprouting wings. And of course, the rest of it, as you have now become familiar with, came into form soon after. 
but it is symbolic of everything that was stripped away so that something new could come into play. Might be shaken but not stirred Just a lesson that I've learned And so it goes Tables turn in your own Hey guys, I'm Joseph, a member of the board, which is what Akil refers to as his community of friends and supporters. We all have something valuable to give, and sometimes it's as simple as giving someone else a reason to live. On behalf of all the board members, I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Akil's success is our success, and we want you to be a part of the community we are building. It's not enough. It's not enough. Because you are the very foundation we must build it on. It's not enough to tell people that they matter. We have to show them. Like my friends showed me. So tell a friend, leave a review, and keep in touch. We want to hear from you because it all matters. Just as you do. You never know what people sitting next to you on the train, bus, or even in church or class might be going through, or how much they can relate to what you're going through. Such was the case with Jasmine, who first became intrigued with my work and later bought my book after listening to an essay I shared in class called A Distant Relative. Depression was a presence that entered my life long before I knew it was there. It slowly closed the blinds and shut out the light over the years. Death was an option, but I decided I wanted to live. In truth, I deal with depression now like a distant relative who I don't call right or care to talk about too much, but one I can never quite forget, a distant relative who taught me that there are some things worse than death. 
this is really interesting now because you're you're telling me mm-hmm. what's going on. Because when I heard that Denzel was coming to help you, I was like, Denzel is helping Akil. Mm-hmm. This is backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Works very very hard. Right. But his notes. Yeah. Are unbearable. (laughs) Yeah, it would have normally been the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Not to not to. No. Mean to Denzel. (laughs) We love Denzel. We love Denzel, but it would just now hearing what was going on. Now it makes sense. It makes sense, but still, it's like it's uh, indicative of Mm -hmm. what travesty yeah you know what's taking place inside yeah i mean which is good that denzel was there mm-hmm. but um it's just it now really just makes sense yeah what's going on yeah that, that is intense it went from november to april april is when it seems like you know it was spring again and you know the birds were chirping and the butterflies were out again and the sun was and then i I was just thinking to myself, wow, that was different. I, I, I hadn't dealt with that storm before. That was a different kind of thing. It wasn't the kind of thing where I felt like I was going to commit suicide or anything like that. Yeah. It was like a storm was barreling down on the house that I had built so strong to keep depression out. Right. And it, it was like he was a bitch. Are you not going to let me in this motherfucking house? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and pounding from November to April. And it took everything to just keep it out of that house. Mm-hmm. It took everything. You know, I had to let go of everything to hold that fort. And, 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 that, and, 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 and keeping me together meant letting everything else go. God was calling me to do something different. And I think that storm had to turn. Because I was, I, I, I was in a different space. I was, oh, I'm going to finish this degree. I'm going to do this and this and this. Right. And the, the call that I was hearing, I heard it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I heard it from before November. But it just became something that was like, no, you're not, no. You need to refocus on this. This is not, I know what you think you have to do, mm-hmm. but this I'm not concerned about that. Right. I am calling you to do something different. And so the calling that uh, was really even louder after that passed was that, I need to do something that answers the call of my ministry of mm-hmm. of what I'm here to do on the planet. Right. That's where it got, you know, really that deep. And it was about using my gifts to uplift people and to speak the words in people's hearts that they they aren't often able to articulate, which is what I've always been able to do through my literature my poetic literature and so i had to really talk to god about well how is that supposed to materialize and at first i thought i was gonna do a youtube um thing and then as things started to kind of become clear it was like no it's not youtube it's not youtube yeah (laughs) um and i was like 
oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, well, what is it? Um, and then just, I believe that God uses a lot of different things and people right. to talk. And it just started to become more clear through things that I was feeling and hearing in my spirit to um, to to things that I actually was seeing materialize. And it, it, it came to me that it would it would be something like this, that it would be a podcast. And um, and and not only that, not only would it be a podcast, that I would be naked on this podcast. I would come to this podcast and I will tell the truth. You know, it's almost like you sometimes, you know, life has to put you on your face in order for you to see what really matters. And after going through that, um, that's where I got up from that. That's what I came up with with you know it's like this is a new day and you are um uh, you know you're going to you're going to be shedding some skin and at the beginning of of the opening of every episode of this show I talk about um I'm uh shedding skin and sprouting wings right that's the process that depression took me through it helped me to get there right. so that I could be as um, naked and transparent as I never ever thought I would be able to be in my entire life but yet here we are and I don't know that I would be here I don't know that I would be here if it wasn't for that storm that kind of stripped everything away that I thought was important and that I thought I should be doing and that I thought um, mattered and uh, you know th- th- sometimes that, I think that's what storms do right they like they strip everything and they leave you, if you're lucky, with your life to reconsider right. and to rethink and to recalculate and then refocus on what, what's important. Oh, goodness. Woo! you've never dealt with depression good mm-hmm. it's great um but i feel like it there's like a beginning mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and then it never really goes away and like you said it's like a distant relative mm-hmm. and i remember when you wrote that and i feel like that's really when the, the our quote-unquote crew came really came together yeah um yeah but i think it's because with depression i feel like everyone can relate on a Maybe if you, even if it's a small level mm-hmm. um, of it. I mean, I I equate my I've been dealing with it personally mm-hmm. since I was about twelve. Wow. Um, Do you remember what that felt like at twelve? At twelve, oh, it was. I think uh, I would say like mental chaos. Mm. Um, I was dealing with um, 
Well, I was, I was living in Korea at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like I didn't have anyone, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I didn't have anyone I could talk to. I mean, I had a, gr- a whole group of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always the funny one. You know, you're always having a good time with friends. But even within that friend, but those friends. But even within that, it was just like, it's kind of like people don't understand. Like, even if you tell me I can come to you mm-hmm. and talk to you. Like, you're not going to get it. You right. know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and so it's... And doesn't it... Oh, God. It solidifies that you don't understand narrative in our heads when you make those comments. Like, oh, well, just feel better. Yeah. Like oh, it, I don't understand why you... Just get over yourself. You know, yeah. when people say insensitive things like that. And, like, especially when you have just brought up, like, when people talk about... Um, like celebrities yeah and, and i would say especially celebrities because that's when people pay attention right um i would i would say even if it's for a moment a fun, usually, moment. It's, usually it's a fleeting moment yeah um people um they don't really think about they lose the idea they think about themselves and not about the person yeah i think um especially when people discuss suicide mm-hmm. i think every person um, especially people who are, de- I feel like true depression, not saying that you want to end your life, mm-hmm. but you want it to end. Right. You want you the know? pain to end. You want the pain to end. Yeah. It kind of feels like no matter what you do, nothing's going right. Mm-hmm. So I know for me at 12, I was cutting at 12. Wow. Um, I, I remember, I will never forget. I had a moment and I think this, I think I was probably like 13 at the time. Um, I had like this old, it's so, so horrible. I had this old metal nail file mm. and I was cutting mm-hmm. and it was, um, I had literally just, I was done. Mm. I mean, cause you gotta imagine like I, I was going to church mm-hmm. and like, I remember my mom, she would come in the room and she would like put oil on my feet. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, pray over me and put on my feet. Because um, she had found out that I was cutting because I had told a friend, which wasn't, which was smart. It was in, I would say it's in, it was in divine hands. Mm-hmm. It was in the, the, the divine plan. Right. Um, because I was doing it for probably a couple months. Mm. Then I had, like, mentioned it. Um, I think I had mentioned it. I'm not sure how it came up. Probably someone, like, probably saw my sleep or something. And, so where were you cutting? Oh, on my arms. Okay. Um this and i'm harboring the fact that like no one in my eyes like no one's listening to me mm-hmm. um with what i anything right like, you just get buried yeah so it's like you just get buried in it and then it's like i just i will never forget like i was yeah i was like 13 sitting on the bed with that little nail file and i was just like planning to go wow i'll never forget i was planning to go and um i always get so teary-eyed when i think about it oh jesus oh yeah um then I'll never forget the only reason I didn't go through. Because, mind you, I mean, a slit of a wrist is literally, I'm, you know, you get closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I had like a balcony on the outside of uh, like my room. Mm-hmm. Like you could go through their sliding doors. Mm-hmm. And there's a little balcony. And I'll never forget because my sister's room was right across. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't go through was because I knew that my little sister was going to be the one that found me. And like what I always say to people who don't understand um, what that is, 
you're, it's a blessing if you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Depression is not something that you want to personally understand. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you trust me, you don't want to personally understand it. But understanding should not be uh, a prereq- prerequisite for your compassion. Exactly. And your empathy and your humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just be, just be able being able to to recognize that somebody else is is, is in pain. And just you know, um, just being a human being, being being loving and being kind. Um, you don't. I, I don't understand a lot of the things that people go through. Does it mean that I need to be an asshole about it? <laughs> no, that's right. You know, um, and the last thing I want to do is contribute to somebody's reasoning for Absolutely. why they don't want to be here anymore. Absolutely. Because uh, depression isn't like you can't just code it. Right. Everyone's is different. Exactly. That too. For yeah. me, I can be having... There's like, levels to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there are. I mean, people don't understand. Like, I can literally be having... Like, in my head, I'm like, this is a beautiful day. So why am I sad? Right. <laughs> it's like, even then, it's like, sometimes it's like, you are perfectly aware of, you know, people, especially super religious people right god is the way just mm-hmm. pray about it mm-hmm. um you know uh, saying god, I things hate like when that, people say it's that it's a great it's a great day but my thing is people often mm-hmm. realize that especially before con- considering suicide mm-hmm. they've done everything i'm telling you my mom was putting oil on my feet mm-hmm. i shouldn't be ashy forever <laughs> <laughs> talking but, about that though um did you watch 13 on netflix mm-hmm 13 Reasons? No, I haven't. But I read the book. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which is why I just, I haven't watched it because I've, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to be disappointed. Oh, okay. I heard it was, I heard it was intense. It, it was intense. It inspired, it triggered, it did so many things to me. Uh, I remember the, the, when, when I was watching season one, um, I was watching it, um, uh, basically in between trips uh, at work and stuff. And I cried so much <laughs> um, because it just takes you on a real, you know, journey through what it's like to be back there experiencing what that is, um, the gravity of everything that it is. Because of depression, I, I don't tolerate a lot of the things that I used to tolerate from people Absolutely. because I realized that, you listen, I can't, I don't have it to give you. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I can't care that much about this thing <laughs> because I simply don't have that kind of energy right. to give you. And um, you get really, you start taking real um, inventory of what your, the, the things you're, that you're giving to people. You know, oh, yeah. and so yeah, I, I'm like, listen, you know, and 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 that's one of the things that's happening um, for me, really getting clear with, and coming to this point where I feel like I can be the kind of person who need, who is gonna do the this podcast the way I want it to be done, uh, is I ha- I'm coming here 100% naked, right? Because I don't have any time for any other bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I've gotten to now. That's what it's taken. Everything that I've been through up until this point has gotten me to this space and this place of, of doing that. So uh, it's, it's important for me to 
um, to create this environment so that other people can feel like they can come here and 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 do the same a, pl- a space exactly. of authenticity exactly um, I think that's the best thing that I could offer you know and I think that really brings up a good point how you're like I just don't have it to give you no I have very few friends where I can I can hop on the phone and I'm like I need to vent right and it's just about me venting right and we're finding a solution for my vent right I have way more friends that are like, so like, I know you're upset, but let me tell you about my life. It's like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) We've listened to the same song. Right. It's my turn for the, for the, for the emotional ox cord. Do you find that people don't know how to listen? Well, a lot of times. I think so. And I think that's why, um, people go the measures that they do. Yes. I think so too. Because I think so too. Like I would even say, on a personal note, mm-hmm. I am now that I'm older. Mm-hmm. I'm way more vocal. So I went um, when I was younger. It'd be small stuff. I mean, small stuff that contributes, though. Right. I'd be in. A, I there's a reason I hate group projects. Mm-hmm. Is because no one ever listens. Right. No, and my thing is because I had the wrong groups. Right. People come to me because I'm either the smart kid or yeah, whatever. I hate group projects too. Or I would get like um, people would tell me, like you know, imagine like you're talking amongst yourselves, right? Right. Like, giving off ideas. I'd say my idea, no one's listening. Mm-hmm. Then someone next to me says the exact same thing I said, and now it's some grand idea. Right. So now I'm to the point where I'm like, excuse me, you're going to hear my idea because no one else is taking credit. Right. For my idea. Right. And I think it's because I've been so overshadowed mm-hmm. for I whatever get that. reasons. It's like now I'm, I'm more comfortable mm-hmm. to say like, no, you're going to listen to me. Right. Not saying like in a negative way. No, I know what you're saying. But like... And, people don't listen. And as it relates particularly to people who are struggling with depression, they already don't want to talk about it. Exactly. But then when they have to deal with people who don't listen well, it's almost like an incentive to go deeper within themselves. Um, exactly. And, and to, it's, it's a bigger leap to share whatever it is they can articulate about something that's complex as it is. And then to be met with... Um, the insensitive uh, kind of vibe that a lot of people give it's 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 it's, it's it, 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 it could be too much so it's right. just like you keep it all inside and then it's kind of like you don't really like you said you don't realize when it's happening mm-hmm. it creeps up it, it creeps up I didn't even I can't even tell you when I started cutting wow because it just I can't even tell you how I found out about it mm-hmm. I it, it just happened and I did it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's and it's like you'll look at anything as a way out. Like I've looked at my balcony as means to go. I've looked at, yeah, you know, or you even think about how can I go and no one knows that. Right. And you know, it gets there. I um, I was thinking back the other day when Anthony Bourdain mm. committed suicide. A friend had asked me if, when things like that happen, does it worry me? And uh, I don't even remember how I answered that question. I was thinking that I wanted to answer it in a particular kind of way because I didn't want to worry mm-hmm. them. But the truth is, it does worry me. 
And I think because it it reminds me of how fragile life can be. Oh yeah. And if you and when you're dealing with depression, how fragile your mental health can be. And which is why I have to be uh a good steward of 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 that, of monitoring myself and 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 um you're going to have to be that lighthouse, you know, right. looking for that storm exactly. because you want to make sure that it doesn't creep up on you like we know it can there was a lady actually that um that I was going to bring up mm-hmm. and so she was talking about depression and anytime I see a post like that I have to trigger I have to watch it mm-hmm. before I decide to read it if that makes any sense yeah you know, yeah 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 so she was like some of y'all have this fake depression and blah 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 she was like depressions when you can't get up out of bed depressions when you don't even want to eat depressions when you do this depressions when you do that i'm like excuse me i'm a high functioning depressed person right there and i think that's what people don't recognize right people know what severe depression looks like mm-hmm. for i would say arguably a lot of people Mm-hmm. On a regular day, right? Like you know, you see the little Lunesta commercial or whatever right. the person is. Um, excuse me, if I'm <laughs> but you know, uh-huh. you see the whole. If you can't get out of bed, take this. You know, you see that, and for right. some people, they need that. However, I have dealt personally with more people you would never even expect. Like we said before, I met more people you would never expect to have depression. Mm-hmm. Because they're so high energy, so yeah, funny, it's so not, charismatic. It doesn't always look like what you think. Exactly. So the yeah. only thing is, that's why you have to check up on people. Yep. But like, hey, are you Very okay? important. And just because they're posting shit on Facebook and Instagram doesn't mean everything is all right. Yeah. In fact, like somebody said, those are the people that you really need to check up on. <laughs> Imagine you lose a friend. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, because you've been through that, it's like... God, like he didn't make it. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's why I tell people like just try. Because, mm-hmm. because the thing is, if you try, you did something. Yeah. One can, step at a time. You can try. If, One hour at if a time. That means you're you're laying in bed and you stay up for thirty minutes. Right. That reminds me of a song that I wrote um, one morning when I woke up, uh, and I, I, I called it my story because it was about me hating myself. Mm-hmm to a place where I didn't hate myself. And um, and it, it, it was good to be at a place where I could write a song about it that mm-hmm. expressed that. Because at the time when I felt what that felt like to hate yourself, I didn't know, it felt like I would feel that forever. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt good to, to sing that song. And, and thankfully I was uh, in uh, LA at the time and um, one of my um, roommates was, uh, he was taking um, music as his major. And so he was like, oh, let's do something with this. You know, let's do something with these words. And it came out, it was a fun little project. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it ended up becoming this nice little, you know, personal kind of theme song for me. I was longing for a change. Something more I'm so ready 
writing um my angela had a saying um where she says she always tries to look for the rainbows in her clouds mm-hmm. and um that that is something that i kind of try to you know take with me when you when things happen that are bad you try to find the sweet in the bitter depressed people are really good at helping depressed people we <laughs> 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 come up with all these great like strategies yes <laughs> And it's it's just one of those things where I don't think you're ever cured. No, it's the distant it's, relative. It's, yes, it's the <laughs> distant relative, like you said. It, Keep it that is. bitch across town. <laughs> you and, cannot come to visit for Thanksgiving. Right, like you can't get none of this uh, good meal. Not Christmas, not my birthday. <laughs> started this podcastic journey it felt like flying never having flown before so you can imagine that it's probably a little terrifying and shortly after taking off there was another bout of depression that came like turbulence too severe to ignore so i found a way to embrace it to serve the purpose i came here for Every experience is too precious to waste it. So I try to mix 
a portion of poetry good enough so that you may taste it. My hope is that you will understand how this life feels through my hands. Every grip and the way it feels when it slips away despite my plans. When memories become like particles of sand, these words will become like monuments that stand to represent the history we had. God asked me to come naked as I know how to be, to answer the call of my destiny, knowing that depression's latest storm had already done me the favor. Now the rainbow in the clouds has led me to a new love for which I must labor. Sometimes the gifts we were born to give to others also saves us. If that's true, maybe the ways in which I aim to shed some light for you will enlighten my path a little bit too. I hope to build bridges of understanding strong enough for us to walk across together so that when we look at one another, we can see ourselves more clearly in each other. So I have agreed to be naked for this deed. Fail or succeed, I'm not sure I'll live to know. But God said what is waiting on the other side of this journey will be worth what I had to encounter to go. I surrender what little I have to give, and I pray for the strength to remain faithful so that I may see realized what I cannot create alone. Ultimately, I am subject to his plans, and humbly, I am only the stone in his hands. Johnson, the poet God, thank you for listening.